What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Combo Church Podcast. My name is Craig. And my name is Kara, and we are the lead pastors of Combo Church. If you are listening on combochurch.com, iTunes, or Spotify, make sure you subscribe, follow, and like. We love it when you share with your family and friends, and we would love it if you could leave us a great review. Our prayer for you is that the message today will inspire purpose, encourage life, and build faith in you. Enjoy Enjoy the the message. message. Hey everybody, we want to welcome you back again this week at Combo Church. Uh, The message that we started last week, What Did Jesus Do?, was a powerful message. And we've actually broken it up into two different messages and uh, because we didn't really want to compromise what we were getting into for content. So today, in just a second here, we're going to get into part two of What Did Jesus Do? And I pray that as as we talk about unity and as we talk about the love of God, that our hearts would be open and that our minds would be humbled and open to hear what God is trying to speak to us today is so relevant for where we are. So come on, let's lean in. Let's see what God's going to do. Paul transitions over to what we all as the church should look like in our relationship to others. So the first segment we hit is the fruit of our relationship with Christ. And then in verse two, Paul goes on to talk about God's heart for our relationship with each other. It's not enough for you to have a relationship with God. Because if it was, the moment that you said yes to a relationship with God, he would have taken you up to heaven. But he left you here on earth. Why? Because he wants us to have relationship with the people around us. So in verse 2, he says, so I'm asking you, again, he's pleading. I'm pleading with you, my friends, that you be joined together in perfect unity with one heart, one passion, and united in one love. Walk together. Come on, walk together with one harmonious purpose, and you will fill my heart with unbounded joy. What we receive from Christ is the example of what we should give to others. He says, be joined together in perfect unity. Does anybody else get nervous when you see the word perfect pop up in scripture? You're like, oh man, I don't know if we can do that. Perfect. Well, that's, that's a lot of pressure. How do we do that? Paul's not putting something out there that is unattainable. Paul's not putting something out there, an expectation on the church that is impossible. He's saying it because he knows it's possible. He's saying it because he realizes that, yeah, on our own, with our own opinions, our own thoughts, our own bias, our own prejudice, no, it's not possible. But with the the Holy Spirit of God alive inside of us, all of these things are absolutely possible. So what does it look like to have perfect unity? How is that possible? Well, He begins to break it down in these verses. He says, by having one heart, by having one passion, and by having one love. This is only possible if you allow the biblical Christ to be the center of your heart and world. A lot of people still may think they know what WWJD, maybe they think they know what Jesus would do, but when we don't actually have the understanding of the biblical Jesus Christ, we begin to make up our own theology of what we think Jesus would do. We begin to change verbiage. We begin to change actually what we even believe because we have made Jesus into something that we have created instead of going after who Jesus really is and embracing the reality of who he already is. We don't have to reinvent Jesus. He's not irrelevant. What he did 2,000 years ago is still on point for where we are today. It's possible. 
Come on, let's hit that first one. One heart. We must have the heart of God. What is the heart of God? His heart is to bring all the hurting and the lost into a loving relationship with him. This is the heart we can have for all people. You can have a heart for all people the exact same way that Jesus had for you. It is 100% possible. I'm not saying that it's absolutely easy. I'm not saying that these transformations and mind changes happen overnight, but it is absolutely possible through the power of the Holy Spirit. One heart, we also have to have one passion. We must embrace God's passion. God's passion is people, his children, his image bearers. If our passion is divided by race, by class, by politics, by human perspective, then our passion will never be unified. So we got to have one heart, but we also have to have one passion. We must embrace God's passion. God's passion is people. You should be grateful for that. I am. That means that we are his passion. Uh, people, his children, his image bearers. Listen, if our, if our passion ends up getting divided by race or by class or by politics or by human perspective, then our passion will never be unified with each other. Those are things that divide. They are not things that bring us together. We got to have a passion. Jesus' blood doesn't just make us saved. It actually makes us siblings. Think about that for a second. The blood that Jesus shed so that you could be free from sin, so that you could be forgiven, is the same blood that was shed for every single human. doesn't matter the color of their skin. doesn't matter their nationality. doesn't matter their economic status. Under the blood of Christ, even the people that we're fighting against or that maybe you're struggling to understand right now, they're not just somebody else. That's your brother or your sister. And the moment that we start to look at humanity, not citizens of a certain country, but humanity in our world, the moment that we begin to look at humanity as family, it will change and transform the way that we think about people. Hopefully it will change and transform the way that we act to other people. We can do it. Come on, this is something that is possible through God. And then also, we have one heart, one passion, one love. In our world, listen, there are many types of love. There's selfish love, there's distant love, there's inappropriate love, there's sinful love. The word for that is actually lust. That's probably the word that in our world gets most used for love, but it's not. It's not the same thing. There's mistimed love, loving in the wrong season, loving in the wrong moment. But there is only one perfect love, and that's the love of God. That's the type of love that God gives. God cannot have selfish love. God cannot have self-serving love. Because it was, it's within his nature that he is love. It's not just something that he does. It's the very nature of who he is. God is love. God is incapable of hatred because it would contradict the, the reality of his nature as being love. And because of that, God can't hate people. God doesn't pick sides. God doesn't have favorites. Check this out. And this is the example where we need to be following actually read this scripture last week. Maybe you can go back on YouTube and watch the message from last week if you missed it. And even if you saw it, it's a good one to go back to. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 12, it says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for, God, for love comes from God, and anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. Listen to this. But anyone who does not love, and I would be willing to 
to insert the thought here, I'm not adding the scripture, but I'm, I'm breaking it down. Anyone who does not love or anyone who picks and chooses who they will and will not love does not know God. For God is love. God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away the sins of the world. Meaning when you were at your worst, darkest moment, when you were as far away from God as you could even imagine, that's the moment where God looked down from heaven and he saw your face and he knew your name and he goes, that's my son, that's my daughter. That's who I wanna lay my life down for. That's who I'm going to redeem and give them a hope and give them a future. And it's not because they deserve it. It's because I am love. That's the love that God is calling us as his people to live and to demonstrate in our world right now. When we love people unconditionally, we, we show that we know God. And for those of us that maybe have had moments where we didn't do a great job of demonstrating love to other people, but people knew that we were church folk or they knew that we were Christians or we were Jesus followers. And maybe we did not do a great job in those moments of painting a picture of the love of God because we got caught up in our own opinions instead of being caught up in demonstrating the love of God. Don't beat yourself up for those moments. It, it, we're not perfect, but we still strive for perfect unity. So just because we've had bad moments, because we've had dark days, we don't have to stay there. We can learn. We can grow. We can invite God to continue to change us because we'll never be able to be God's change in the world around us while we still remain unchanged. We've got to allow the Holy Spirit to do the work inside of us. This passage in 1 John, it, it implies that our love should be strong when times are hard to love. Because, I, I mean, why would it be in the Bible if he's talking about all the moments when it's easy to love? The faith chapter isn't talking in Hebrews 11. It's not talking about the moments when faith is easy. It's talking about the moments when faith is hard. So when we're being told and challenged by the, by the apostle John to love the way that God loves, he is saying it in the context of hard moments. You got to understand these apostles and disciples, they didn't just live in the Christian world that we live in where you can just say you believe something. No, they lost their lives and had people chasing after them because of what they believed in and who they believed in, yet they wrote and penned messages like this. We gotta love people unconditionally. Can you love someone who calls you a racist? Can you love someone who says that racism doesn't exist? Can you love when someone says that black lives matter? Or can you love when someone replies with, well, all lives matter? Can you love when you disagree? Can you love when on social media people are ganging up on you? Can you love when those that you are loving attack you? And can you love when it's difficult to love and not just say that you love them, but actually demonstrate it with your heart and with your faithfulness. Come on, listen, perfect unity is not the absence of disagreement, but it's the commitment to unconditional love and to walk together regardless of disagreement. Listen, this applies not just to the stuff that we've been seeing in the news for the last 
uh, you know, two, three months, and even in years past, it's been stirred up again. This could apply to even in your own household. This could apply to your marriage. This could apply to your coworker, to people that you go to church with. Listen, we are committed to walking with each other, even when it's not easy, even when we're not clicking all the way, even when relationship doesn't just come easy. Listen, the love of God inside of us will make it possible for us to love those that don't love us back and to love those that maybe we're having a hard time with. We're committed to growing in the love of God because it's the love of God that's going to create the unity that we need. Come on, we have one heart, one passion, one love. And here's the last part right here that Paul is addressing in these last few verses. In verses three through five, Paul is talking about how to fight for unity. Because yeah, we should fight for unity, not fight each other, but fight for unity. So how do we do that? I don't even have to really break down these verses. All I have to do is read this to you and you can see the heart of God speaking through Paul. This is for us today. It's like Paul wrote it in the year 2020. Listen to these words. This is how we fight for unity. Are you listening? Okay, here we go. He says, be free from pride-filled opinions for those will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts. But in authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. And he says, and also consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let his mindset become our motivation. Man, come on, you can't even spell unity without you and I. We need each other. We need each other. We need to be united. And I know that doesn't mean that we're always going to agree on 100% of everything in the world, but we don't have to. Because when our hearts are knit together, when love is our motivation, disagreement doesn't separate blood. Disagreement doesn't separate siblings. At least it shouldn't. It's the love of Christ that can bring us together, even in the moments of disagreement, so that our pride can be put down, our selfish opinions can be put down, we stop preferring ourselves over one another, and we allow unity to be given birth and breathed life into by the Spirit of God. We got to fight for unity, and it's not going to happen when we pick sides and go at each other. We fight what is, listen, we if we, if we don't dedicate ourselves to this process of coming together in unity with the heart of God, not just to make change happen, but to see God change us and to bring change through us. If we don't do that, we find ourselves fighting against not each other, but against the brokenness that's already inside of us as individuals. W-D-J-D, what did Jesus do? In the New Living Translation, these are the last verses that we wrap up. It says, though he was God, we're talking about Jesus, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. Jesus was privileged, and he gave up all of his privileges. And he says, he took on the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Jesus fought for love. Jesus laid down his life to unite us in love. 
And when we truly love as God loves, then we will demonstrate this fruit to others. First of all, empathy. Empathy says, I choose to walk with you in your hurt so I can understand where you are coming from and what your reality is. Compassion. Compassion says, I see what you're going through and I choose to take action to help you. Mercy. Mercy says, I see the wrong you've done, but choose not to treat you as you may deserve. I'll I'll give forgiveness instead of judgment. And love also produces justice. Justice says, because I choose to see the wrongs that have been done to you, I will work to make sure that these things are made right, and I will live with biblical righteousness to eradicate the injustice and to not be guilty of repeating these injustices in the future. These are the things that are produced when God's love is inside of us. And check this out. When we have empathy and compassion and mercy and justice, and those are coming from us to other people, guess what happens? We make friends. Instead of someone being our enemy because we used to disagree, they actually become our friend. Friendship becomes the end product of our unified love. And listen, true friendship says, I see your faults, your challenges, your hurts, and I see our differences, and I still choose to stand with you, to kneel with you, to walk with you, and to love you, no matter what. Listen, revival is going to happen the moment that we commit ourselves to loving the world as God loved us. We can pray for revival all day. We can sing about revival all day. But until we become the love of God in the way that God loved us, we won't see the revival that we cry out for. It's got to start inside of us. The change that we want to see around us has to start inside of our hearts, inside of our minds. We have to let the Holy Spirit be the Holy Spirit so that we can let the ministry of Christ continue through us. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you love us. We thank you that you are love, that we don't deserve one ounce of the grace you've given us. We don't deserve your love. We don't deserve your favor. We don't deserve your mercy and your kindness. We don't deserve that you went ahead of us and that you pursued eternal justice for us. But you did it, Father, and we thank you for that. We're so grateful and we receive your love. I pray today, God, that we would allow the words of this message that has come from your word to penetrate our hearts, to convict us, to challenge us, to change and to transform us. God, may we focus on our own change far before we ever try to focus on changing somebody else. God, we know that it is your Holy Spirit that brings change and transformation in our world, and in our lives. And God, may we be dedicated more to you than to forcing change in others. Because God, we know that if we trust you and we put you first and we stop trying to lean on our own understanding, and as we acknowledge you in the process of what we see around us, God, you will do amazing things in people's lives that, is, that surpasses anything that we could have imagined. And we just thank you. We pray for peace. We pray for unity. We pray for reconciliation, whether it's racial reconciliation, whether it's reconciliation that needs to happen between friendships or families, marriages, uh, uh, parents and children that are estranged. God, we pray that your heart of love would flood your people. And God, we would carry that passion to the world around us. 
Thank you again for joining us on the Convo Church Podcast. Special shout out to those who give so generously to Convo Church. It's because of you that this ministry is even possible. If you want to sow into the ministry, go to ConvoChurch.com and simply click the Give button. It's that easy. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, follow, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories and tag us at Combo Church. Thanks again for listening, and make sure you tune in to the next episode of the Combo Church Podcast.